are, Lord. Yes, you are, Lord. Glory be your name, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Please be seated. Sorry I was a bit late. I guess I need to start setting myself an alarm. <laughs> uh, anyhow, let's see. Uh, for for uh, our meditation for this week, uh, we're, we're changing things up a little bit. We've got three scriptures that go into one confession. So they all play in. So, so I'll give the three scriptures first, and then we'll do our confession. So the first one is 1 John 4, 7. It's, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. All right. Second one is Romans 5, 5. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Uh, Third scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, 4, uh, out of the Amplified. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love, is never, or love, is, love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. So our confession, God is love. I am born of God. Therefore, I am born of love. Praise God. All right. God's love is shed abroad in my heart. And I know God. My love is God's love. My love is patient and kind. It is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. My love is not boastful or arrogant. My love does not display itself with conceited pride. Praise God. All right. So uh, coming up, uh, upcoming events, we have, uh, we're going to have communion on, on March the 3rd, so that will be Communion Sunday. Uh, March the 17th is uh, the re remaining uh, balance for the ARC trip is, is due, uh, so keep that in mind. And then uh, March 19th through 21st, uh, Contending Faith Bible Conference is coming up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, if, uh, if anybody is interested in going. Uh, let's see, March 29th, we're going to have a Believer Service. Uh, that's also Good Friday. And then... Uh, March 31st is Happy uh, Resurrection Day, or Easter Sunday. And then, uh, let's see, and then, of course, the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum is going to be April 18th through the 20th. And then uh, Brother Randy's having a, 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 another seminar, uh, April uh, 30th through May 2nd, which is Authority Over Devils and Seducing Spirits Seminar. That's one... Oh, I definitely want to go to. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Generation Life Youth Camp is coming up. Uh, that's in July. And I guess we need to, I think that's all I've got. Yeah. Uh, Miss Bethany's, or, yeah, Miss Bethany's not here today. She started her new job, so she's in jail. <laughs> that was, that was, Bob, Bob gave us that funny. I liked it. So I, I had to steal it. Um. 
right? And Zach's, Zach's a little under under the weather today, so he called and let us know he wasn't going to be here. But uh, so just be praying for him that he be healed, so so that he can go uh, get back on his feet. Yep. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for being here with us. We thank you for for healing in our bodies. We thank you for for uh, guiding us and leading us. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, for the gift that you gave us, that, that we could be redeemed of our sins, that we could, we could uh, walk in righteousness with you and, 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 and walk towards becoming like you, Lord, so that we could resist our, uh, resist our fleshly urges and walk in the Spirit. Lord, we just thank you that, that you're always with us and that you, that you love us and that we are just so grateful for that, that you loved us even when we were unlovable. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not interfere. This word will be given. It will fall on good ground. And those that come expecting will receive. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Derek, you want the new confession? Okay. Good morning, disciples. Else, let's do our, our, our wow. Let's do our new confession together. We are a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people, chosen by God Himself for this day, in this hour, to bring in the latter rain and the calling away of the church. We are not a Laodicean church. Our mouths and our hearts are one in our love and zeal for God. We speak the truth and protect the truth. We walk in God's steady stream of power and provision in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We sing the sweet sound to your ears.
Lord, you, Lord, have bore the cross and paid the penalty for us, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So we come to you with our heads held high, and we say, Abba, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, and now we come and we sing as God's children. I am no longer that filthy wreck. There is singing at the ancient gate. There's a melody of ceaseless praise. Rage to Jesus, you're so worthy of it all. 
us, Lord Jesus. We sing to you and only you. Glory, glory be your name. Let this be a sweet, sweet sound to your ear. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you. Glory, glory.
Glory be your name, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Praise be your name. Thank you, Lord. Give you all the honor, all the glory. Thank you, Father. Holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
piece of work. Lord, I don't want to save my life. Lord, I want to just give it some more time. I want to just, I want to just give it a little more time, Lord. Keep me spending day after day. Day hustle pull with sugar to keep me sugar. To keep me spending day master cool to keep me sugar. Or to keep me spending. Spending day master keep me spending. Lord, Lord, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost a few minutes. Siki isa donde mashiki isiki isha da donde. Masuku usa de de ki isa de de ki isa de. Masuku usa ki isa dendende masuki isa de de. Father, I just I just ask for more time. I just ask for more time, Lord. Ki isa dende masuku usa de de ki isa de de. Dende masuki isa ki isa de 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 de. Masu do de ki isa ki isa de ki isa de. Father, I asked for more time because that that you told me to teach on, I said, Lord, I don't want to teach on that. Lord, it's not normally received when it's taught, when that subject's taught by the pastor. Lord, I, I want more time. Yes, Lord, I told you I'd always obey. Do you not think that my, that my son, the good shepherd, didn't know that he had a wolf in the pack? Do you think... That my son didn't know that he'd be betrayed? Do you think that my son didn't know who the betrayer was? No, he knew, but he walked in love. He walked according to my plan. He did everything he could to change the wolf's heart, but the wolf refused to change. Even seeing the miracles, even seeing the love and compassion of the Father at work. He was more consumed with fleshy desires than my plan, my desire, my purpose, my perfect plan for his life. And in the end, he took his life because the enemy had blinded him so. And in the end, he ended up in the pits of hell for all of eternity. So don't think that I, the good shepherd, don't know your heart. Don't think that those things which you think are in secret truly are in secret. Don't think you can pull one over on my, on my under-shepherd and that you won't pay the consequences. It's time for you to get it right. As Jesus said to Judas at the Last Supper, the one who dips his sop, the one that takes that last sop, he said, Go ahead. He said, the one that dips the sop, dips into the bread. He said, the one that does it is the very one that's going to betray me. And if you're going to betray me, go ahead and do it. 
Go ahead and do it. In that moment, that wolf knew that Jesus knew. And he had an opportunity to repent. He had an opportunity to get it right. He had an opportunity to turn. But he went ahead with his own plans. And you're about to do the same. Make no mistake. It will end the way it did for Judas. It'll end the way it did for Judas. Go by your spirit, not by your flesh, says the Lord. Father, let it not be so. Father, let it not be so. Father, let it not be so. Father, I ask for mercy. I ask for grace. Because, Lord, I know that there's, there's a lack of understanding. Lord, I know that there's a lack of, of Father, they, there's no revelation, there's no understanding. Oh, Father, just more time, Father. We just ask for more time, more time, more time. More time in Jesus' name. Oh, Nande Mashiki Isha did. Father, I just ask for more time. And I know, Lord, I hear you saying, it's their choice, it's their choice, it's their choice. But, Lord, I ask that you move upon their heart. I ask that you move upon their spirit. I ask that you speak loudly to their heart. For, Lord, I don't want anybody to go the way of Judas. Father, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And I thank you for more time by faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, turn. Tell somebody you love them. You can be seated this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to the book of John. Let's turn to the book of John. Big John. And uh, let's start in um,
Well, let's just start in verse 1 and let's read a while. In chapter 13. 13. John chapter 13, verse 1. Let's just read a while. Yeah. <laughs> right. John 13, verse we'll 1. Start one. It'll be, it won't take long. John 13, 1. <laughs> We're just going to read a while. All right. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now let's talk about this for a minute. This is this is the Passover meal. Actually they had Jesus and his disciples had the Passover meal a day early because Jesus was their Passover and Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. And he was not going to be with them on the official Jewish Passover because he was going to be in the grave. So they had the Passover meal they had just eaten. And it's getting to be, you know, it's getting to be close to Easter time. You know, we're in the Lent season, things like that. This is about the time that, you know, if you were Jews, you would be doing certain things. And um, so uh, they did the Passover meal. And then Jesus, after the meal, he got up and he poured a basin. And he, he, of water, and he got a towel, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, in our tradition, we think, well, that's weird. But in their day, this was the highest level of servanthood. This was the highest form of, of serving somebody. Because many didn't have shoes, the disciples did. Many didn't, but many in their culture did not. Or they had just sandals and um and and everything everywhere they walked was dirt roads, dust and dirt and filth, and um, so their feet were always dirty. And if you go back and you read, they had just been traveling. In fact, Jesus sent two of the disciples ahead of him and said, "Go find the place that we can have Passover." So Jesus came in straight off the road. The disciples all came in straight off the road, and they sat down to the Passover meal. And so their feet were filthy were filthy they were dirty they probably honestly have you ever worn sanders sandals or flip-flops and walked on a dirt road and gotten kind of bits of dirt and gravel under your feet and kind of got little cuts and stuff on your feet well they had the same problems sores on the feet were actually very common and so jesus got down on his hand got down 
uh, at their feet, and he began to wash their feet. Why? Because it's the highest form of servanthood. And in washing their feet, he was washing away their, the dirt. He was, wash, he was cleansing their wounds. He was, cleans, he was, he was actually providing, uh, he was actually bringing health and healing. Because if you, don't, if you have wounds on your feet and you don't take care of them and they get infected, it can cause uh, sickness to go straight to your heart, kill you. I mean, it can cause major issues, major, major issues when you have sickness in your feet. And, um, and Jesus, so Jesus got down and he was washing the feet and, and the one, the one disciple, let me double check which one it was. I want to, I don't want to say it wrong. Um, no, it wasn't Peter. Uh, oh, it was, it was Simon Peter. He said, Lord, do you wash my hands? Or, or he said, do you wash my feet? And you're like, like, no, you can't do it. He was probably pulling his feet away and he said, what I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt uh, know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part in me. He said, Peter, if you won't allow me to serve you, then, you, then, then you'll have no part in what I have to give you. If you won't allow me the privilege and the honor of giving, of serving you. See, they, Peter reverenced Jesus with so much respect that he said, no, 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 Jesus, you're not going to do anything. I'm going to do everything. You're not going to do anything for me. And Jesus said, if you don't allow me to serve you, then you won't be able to partake in the death that I'm about to, that I'm about to go through for your behalf. See, um, if we don't allow Jesus to serve us through the cross, then we don't get to take part in the cross. Because how much do you know? Going to the cross is the ultimate act of service. It is the ultimate act of service. And, and getting down there and washing Peter's feet and Peter saying, no, you can't do that. He had to adjust Peter's thinking because, because Peter, Peter had Jesus so highly elevated that he wasn't able to actually fully receive. He said, no, 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 no. So, so Jesus had to say, Peter, if you won't let me do this little thing for you, you're not going to be able to receive of the big thing that I'm going to do for you. And so then Peter allowed him to, to do it. See, in Peter's mind, he should be washing Jesus' feet, not the other way around. Correct. And that's why he was like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't wash my feet ever because I'm your servant. Yeah. And he, so then Simon Peter said on to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. He said, Lord, he said, I'll let you serve me in every area of life. Yep. He didn't, I surrender what, completely to you. What, once Jesus told him that, he took him at his word and he said, well, if that's the case, give me a double helping. Yeah, give me a triple helping. Do my feet, do my hands, do my head, do everything. Let's keep going. All right. So Jesus said to him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, meaning everywhere. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. He said, if you'll, if you'll accept my service for you, then you'll be clean. But not everybody here 
is clean. Not everybody here is accepting me. That's what he said. And see, it doesn't say that he didn't wash Judas's feet. Mm-hmm. He washed Judas's feet right along with the others. But okay. Judas's heart was not was in the right place. And therefore, he did not receive it. That's right. Keep going. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye that I, or what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. If you, if, you, if, if, if you let me be your servant, then you ought to also be servant to everybody else. You ought to also be servant. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. He's talking about Judas. Now I tell you, before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomever I send receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Notice Jesus said, verily, verily. I keep telling you guys this. Every time you see verily, verily in the scriptures, it adds stability it adds intensity. It adds security. It means he really means it. This is the equivalent of your parent calling you by your first, middle, and last name to get your attention and saying, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you an infallible and an undeniable truth. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. If you reject the person that God has re- that God has sent it into your life, then you reject Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? If you reject the person or the people, and he's talking about he he's he's talking about the pastorship. That's what he's talking about here, because he he said. He said, if you, you know, and, and the other thing is not just, not just the pastorship, but God connections. There are people in your life that are God connections. There are people in your life that God said, I want you tied to that person. Some examples of God connections in our life is Brother Randy. There is no doubt that Brother Randy was a God connection from the first time I heard him preach. Michael wasn't with us. Mom was with us. My pastor was with us. My pastor was sitting next to me while Brother Randy was preaching. It's the first time I ever heard him preach. And I loved and I honored my pastor with great love. He was my mentor. He was my teacher. I mean, I loved my pastor with everything in me. And I'm, I'm in Tulsa, and I'm listening to this man preach. I mean, and, and I just... God dropped something down on the inside of me, and up out of my spirit, I uttered these words. Now, that's a man that I can receive from. I mean, he came up out of my spirit, and it came up so fast. 
Honestly, I said it out loud. Now, that's a man I can sit under and receive from. That's really what I said. That's a man I can sit under and I can receive from. And I'm sitting next to my pastor. And I spoke those words I know out loud. If my pastor heard it, I was so embarrassed. I leaned over closer to mom and I mean tears just went down my cheeks. I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my God, did my pastor just hear me say that? Oh, that's not, my pastor never flinched. My pastor never said a word. My, if my pastor knew it, I won't know till I get to heaven. He took it with him to his grave. But I instantly, I knew. Just a few weeks later, later, just probably two months or maybe less, Reverend Randall Greer walked through the church doors of our church. And I stood there in awe. And, 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 and my pastor introduced me. And when my pastor introduced me, I, I went to shake his hand. And, and, and he grabbed my hand and he looked at me. And he said, God is with us. And I, I, about, I about was a puddle on the floor because that, that God connection on the inside, I mean, I just knew it instantly. I just knew it instantly. And my spirit said, I've connected you and he knows it. And every time I get around him to this day, it's 20, 21 years ago, to this day, every time I get around him, you know, there's that connection. We got, we, the, the pastors came to us and so we, we stepped into youth ministry. The pastors came to us. We said, we want you to take our youth to camp. We said, what do you mean camp? They said, there's this thing. It's called youth camp. We want you to take our kids. We went, what? This is foreign to us. What? They said, here's the information. A couple of weeks later, they came in. They said, well, we've had an invite to another camp. I want you to take the two, decide which one you want to go Two, and that's the one I want you to take the kids to. So we took the information to the kids. One was on the beach, hotel, and all this crazy stuff. The other one was in Columbus, Georgia. What's in Columbus, Georgia for teenagers? Not much. Uh, in fact, we had to drive, what, an hour and a half to get to that arcade ice skating ring thing that we had to go, that we went to. But that was the one the kids picked, so that's where we went. And, we, and, and I told him, I said, uh, Reverend Greer is preaching here. He's, he's got a d- dynamic testimony. You know, that's all we knew about him. And, and he had been to the church. So they said, oh, we like Brother They said, we like Brother Randy. Let's go there. Plus, it's got the giant arcade. We had nerds. It's fun. Any case, they said, let's go there. So we went there. <laughs> you know, around here, we understand what these buildings look like. Brother Randy had bought an old 12 through K one-hall schoolhouse. You know, the one long hall with the classrooms on each side. Well, that's where we had the meeting. And so we went to this meeting, and that's where we met Bill and Sandra Barbie, the camp directors. And the minute we met them, God said, I've connected you. And we've been connected ever since. This is God connection. But, but here's the deal. It's not a head connection. It's not a, it's not a, ooh, they make me feel good connection because these people intimidated us, to be honest. Uh, no, it was something in our spirit said, I've connected you. I've connected you. And, uh, he, and that's what Jesus said. He said, now see, had we rejected either one of those two parties because the Lord sent them into our life, uh, we'd be in trouble. In fact, when we became pastors, Bill and Sandra set us down. And they said, you guys are pastors now. We said, yeah. 
they said, so I guess you're going to be kind of letting some things go with camp. And we looked at them and said, no. They said, but you're pastors now. We said, and? They said, well, you're going to have more responsibility. It takes more time. You've got to be at your church. And we looked at them and we said, God told us, I connected you to Bill and Sandra. I connected you to Brother Randy. They come first. Your church comes third. I'll make up the difference. I said, so until the Lord releases us, here we are. So we have no intentions of going anywhere. And they said, oh, because they never had anybody do that to them before. They had lots and lots of people say, oh, we believe God's connected us. And then in a few years, they filter away. No, because what did God say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send. Does it say he that receiveth whoever I send uh, keeps them for a season? No, it says receives them. So that's what he was talking about here. Let's keep going. He says, uh, and he received it. He said, if you receive them, then you receive me. And if you receive me, then you receive the one that sent me. For us to deny our God connections is for us to deny Christ. For us to deny Christ is for us to reject the Father. Um, that's a really bad plan. That's a bad plan. Let's keep going. Verse 21, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Now let me make this very clear, because this sounds very weird and twisted in our, in our modern-day modern uh, society. In Jesus' day, they did not sit at a, at a regular table. They actually, when they sat at a meal, uh, the, the meal was, was on the floor. Was that was on the floor, and they all sat on the floor, and they sat, and, and really they didn't sit up. What they did is they laid lengthwise. So if this is, if, if say this for visuals, if this was where all the food was, and it was at floor level, we would all lay down lengthwise at the table. We would lay down, and and so and and it would be kind of in a around the food area so if i wanted to talk to if jesus was behind me and i wanted to talk to him i would just kind of roll back and look at him like this or something along those lines that's why his his head was on jesus's chest it wasn't weird or inappropriate it was just the way that you were stationed at the table and and so they would kind of lay on their side uh, on their non-dominant hands, so they'd lay on their side and they'd be able to reach the food like this and and pass like this, and then they would take part of the food and things like that. So evidently, uh, Jesus, evidently, because remember they were at the Passover meal, so evidently uh, Jesus washed their feet, and that, but yet the rest of them stayed at the table, and when the foot washing was completely done, they were still laying at the table area. Um, and, and that's what was happening here. 
Because sometimes you go, oh, well, that's where they're all laying. I want. It's because they didn't have furniture the way we traditionally have furniture. And of course, Simon was asking Jesus, you know, who's who's going to betray you? Basically, because he didn't think anybody would that was there. Yeah, <laughs> he's looking. Simon Peter's looking around and going, ain't that, you know, John, you know, Matthew, you know, he's looking at, he's going person by person and going. Yeah, these are these are your most dedicated people. These, these are, are these are the ones that that all love you. These are the people that that have you. never left you. And you're going to tell us one of them? He's going. Who's going to do it? Like this is like boggling his mind. So Jesus answered. He said, "It is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it." And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, what is a sop? It's a morsel of bread. Or it's a, it's, it's, it's a dough of some type. It's, it's some type of, you know, they had the unleavened bread and different things. So what he would do, what they would do is they would break off bread or Peter or whatever. They break these and they have all these dips. In fact, it, when you went to Israel, they still very much so eat in this fashion. They still, you know, you come, you, you, they bring out a few dishes, but they bring out like 20 dishes of dips. You know, it's more dips than anything. Yeah, that's oh, that's called the salad. It's all these dips, and you dip a little here, and you dip a little there. So they, so he took a piece of the bread, and and he dipped it, or he 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 dipped it so it could sop up the dip. That's why they call it a sop. And so he took it, and he it says, and and uh, it says, he it is to whom I give a sop when I have dipped it. So he didn't just take a piece of bread and go, oh, here you go. He took a piece of bread and he put it in a specific dip, got it good and dippy, just soppy, whatever, and then he handed it to Judas Iscariot. Come on. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest do quickly. Now notice Satan didn't enter in until Judas took the sop. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus basically called him out. He said, son, I know you're fixing to make a crucial mistake. Here's your opportunity, your last chance to walk away. Because right then, when Jesus took that sop and he put it before Judas Iscariot, Judas Iscariot could have thrown up his hands and said, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent. I have evil in my heart. I planned to do this horrible thing to you. He had an opportunity. When Jesus put it before him, he had an opportunity. But instead of taking the opportunity to repent, he took the sop and said, well, you already said I'm going to do it, so I might as well go ahead and do it. You already know that I'm going to betray you, so I might as well just go ahead and do it. That was the moment that he surrendered to what Satan had dropped in him. See, up until that time, Judas had not committed the sin of betrayal. But once he said, okay, you, you've, already, you've already said I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. So let me just go ahead and take it because I'm already going to do it, so I might as well eat my bread and go on. No, Jesus didn't do it to, to call Judas out. He did it to give Judas an opportunity to say, my behavior is wrong. My heart is wrong. My thinking is wrong. What I'm fixing to do, Lord, pray for me. Lord, help me. Lord, rescue me. Satan has been infiltrating my mind, and I'm about to make a huge mistake. 
But Judas didn't take that opportunity. He didn't. Let's keep going. Verse 28. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. Which is kind of odd. So nobody, nobody else saw it coming. Nobody else saw it coming. Why did nobody else see it coming? Well, we know for a fact, we'll find out here in a few minutes, but, I mean, they find out for a few minutes, uh, but, you know, uh, <laughs> we have revelational wisdom. Why did they not see it coming? Because they did not have a prayer life. Remember Jesus right after the, di- right after the meal? He remember Jesus takes them to the garden, and then, he, and then he takes just the two of them, and he says, come on, let's go a little deeper into the garden and, and, and pray with me. And remember, they were so weak that from from the demonic oppression that they fell asleep. And Jesus came and woke them up, and he said, uh, "The the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak." See, this shows us because they didn't know what he was talking about is because they had not been spending enough time in prayer. If you'll spend time in prayer with the Lord, things of attacks of the devil will not surprise you. Because the Lord will tell you that they're coming. The Lord will tell you, you're fixing to come under attack. Something's fixing to happen. Something's fixing to occur, and you're fixing to come under attack. But if you're not spending time in prayer seeking the Lord, you'll get hit by stuff unaware. Unaware. I'll give you this example. Brother Randy's used it publicly, so I can use it publicly. Uh, Many years back, Randall, his son, was dating a girl. And she was getting pretty serious. She was ready for marriage. He wasn't. And uh, and uh, she, but she wanted it. And he and he he kept telling, "No, we're not ready. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready." So he was one day. He I think he was I think he was at the hangar or something. He was he was somewhere and and uh, working on something. And uh, the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord called her by name. And the Lord said, "So and so is going to break up with you today." And he was like, what, Lord? And he said, so. He, he called the girl's name. The Lord called the girl's name and said, so-and-so is going to break up with you today. And Randall was like, what, Lord? Why? And he said, because you won't marry her. But son, don't worry about it. I got you. He said, son, don't worry about it. I got you. Why? Because Randall is a young man of prayer. And so the Lord warned him. You're fixing to, hit it. You're fixing to get attacked. You're fixing to get attacked. You know, the youth... Used to think that the, that Miss Ro, that Miss Robbie and Mister Mike had superpowers, because stuff would happen, and we'd go to them and we'd say, "What do you got going on? What's this about this situation? There's something going on. I can see it. What's going on?" They tell you, "Oh, Miss Robbie, Mister Mike, because as youth ministers, that's what they called us. They always know, and we did. We did. We always knew." We may not know the specific details, but we knew when something was up. And, and uh, we, knew, we knew the Lord would tell us, just say this to them. And we'd say what the Lord told us to say. And, oh, my God. And, I, and all their filth would come out. And Michael and I are sitting there looking, oh, Lord, I had no idea. Lord, I had no idea. We didn't tell them we didn't have any idea. We looked at them and went, yeah, we know. Why did we know? Because the insider told us. Why? Because we're people of prayer. 
people of prayer. That's why sometimes you'll come to us with a situation and we're like, okay, well, God knew. And we're not upheavaled by it. Why? Because we're people of prayer. People of prayer. But see, these guys had a prayer problem. So they didn't know, they didn't know and they didn't understand. So no, your pastor's not psychic and no, your pastor doesn't know everything that's going on in your life. And if you have a storm in your life and you're wondering, why is the pastor not coming and talking to me? Because the Lord isn't telling us. Because sometimes the Lord doesn't, if you don't want help, if you're not going to ask for it, the Lord won't, won't send you help. There's been plenty of times that I've, that we've been dealing with something and I'm like, oh Lord, just, just, Lord, why won't my pastor say something? And the Lord told me one day, he said, because you won't include them. The Lord told me that. He said, you won't include them. I said, well, but Lord, they're my pastor. They should know. He said, they're not a psychic. He said, yeah. You know, and I said, but Lord, what about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge? He said, that's primarily for a, for a sign and a wonder to the non-believers, primarily what that's for. And I went. You mean I actually have to talk to my pastor? And they said, he said, yeah. He said, if you need your pastor to pray, you need to ask him. You, have, you need counsel, you need to ask your pastor. You need to ask him. Said, oh, okay. Okay. So I'd go to my pastor and I'd talk to him. Pastor, I got this problem. I got this situation. Of course, now when Jesus told them this, he knew they weren't going to believe him. Right. I mean, as far as the disciples were all concerned, none of them would ever betray each other. That they they were brothers. They were they loved each other. They would never betray each other. And they, they so they they didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to this. And Jesus knew they weren't going to. He even said, "I tell you this so that when it comes to pass, you'll believe that I am He." You know, He says that in verse nineteen. That's right. So they weren't really paying attention. I'm sure that Judas, at the point where where he handed the sop to him, he knew. Yeah. And that's why that's why Satan was able to enter into him. Yeah. You know, but that's when he made his decision. I'm going to do what Satan tells me to do. But then that it goes the on. But then it goes on to say that 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 the rest of them were were kind of wondering what was going on, and and they thought, well, maybe Jesus uh, told him to go do his stuff quickly, you know, because he had told him something earlier that that uh, he yeah, needed let's, to do. Let's, let's pick up in 28. You'll see what he's talking okay. about. Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. That was that thou, what thou doest, do quickly. So, uh, in twenty-seven, you backed up. Right, I did. So twenty-nine. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag or the money that Jesus had said unto him, "Buy those things that we have need of against the feast," or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out. And was and, and it was night. Therefore, when when he was gone out, Jesus said, "Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him." Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Glory to glory. It's kind of odd that he was saying that to them right at that point, because 
at that point, they'd all just said, there's no way any of us would betray you because we all love each other. And then Jesus, and notice Jesus said, he said, a new commandment I give unto you. Why was it a new commandment? They were, under, they were still under the Old Commandment. They were still under the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, the clearest place that we see it is Deuteronomy 28. If you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and do all that he commands you, then all of these blessings will come upon you. And so they were still very much so under the law. They were still very law-minded. And Jesus said, tell you what, We'll make life easy for you. We're going to give you a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, Jesus, for three and a half years, knew going into this thing that Judas was going to betray him. He knew from the beginning that Judas was going to be the one. He knew it. And yet he loved him anyway. But yet he picked him. He called him out to be his disciple. Why? Because he hoped that Judas would make a different choice. He gave Judas every opportunity to change. He put Judas in the best environments he could. There's no greater environment than to live in Jesus' house with him. And let Jesus be your living example as to how you're supposed to do life. Judas lived with, remember, remember what it is to be a disciple. When you're a disciple under their culture, you move in with your rabbi. And it's your job to become identical to your rabbi. Jesus, Judas had every opportunity. And, and, and Jesus was good to him. Jesus blessed him. Jesus took care of him. Jesus provided for him. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus did everything for him. And he said, now, he said, a new commandment I give you. Love, look at what he said. He said that you love one another. Every person that comes into your life, you love them just exactly the way that I have loved you. That's the commandment. It was kind of odd he was was saying it right at that point because, you know, they'd all just been sitting down to supper. They didn't know it was the last supper. No. They were all all just sitting down to supper enjoying each other's company because they were basically brothers in Christ and they loved each other greatly. You know, and he tells them, he, he picks this moment to give them the commandment to love one another as he has loved them. Because they didn't know that Jesus had loved Judas all this time, even though he knew Jesus was going to betray him. They had no idea. They didn't, they didn't know what was going to happen next. But, but when it did, then they could see that he loved them even in their mess. He loved them even when they were totally unlovable and when he knew they were going to betray him. He loved them anyways. And, and that's, that's the thing. See, it's easy to love people when they love you. And when they're your best friends and stuff. But it's hard to love them when you know they're going to betray you. It's a whole other ball game when you know that they're going to betray you. And notice what Jesus said in verse 35. He said, by this shall all know, men is italicized, all shall know that you are my disciple if you love one another. 
you love one another. So it took us a while to get to love. But even when you know somebody's going to mistreat you, even when you know somebody's going to do you wrong, even when you know they're a wolf, even when you know they're a hard-headed goat and they're going to they're going to they're going to ram you just to ram you even when you know it you still are required to walk in love turn to Matthew chapter 5 turn to Matthew chapter 5 actually hold on let's not go to Matthew chapter 5 let's let's just clarify a few things here let's go let's go to 1 John 4 1 John 4 I just want to put you in remembrance of a couple of verses that we've already talked about. We're not going to spend a lot of time here at all, but I want you to put your eyes on it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. All right. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. All right, so we've seen this. We understand God is love. We understand that because God is love, we're to love one another. And, and what have you? Jump up to verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I was reading this chapter the other day, and it jumped out to me like they, I, I thought, Lord, how did that get in there? If you go up and you read verses 1 through 3, you'll find out that Jesus is not talking about, or that uh, James here, or John here, uh, is not talking about people. He's talking about demonic spirits. He's actually talking about demonic spirits. Look at verse 1. Let's read it. Let's read it. Beloved. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, which means test them. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. If they're a false prophet, that's because there's a demon controlling them. Come on. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. So he's going to tell you how to test them now. He's, and remember, he's talking spirit. He's talking spirit here. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. He said, he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Now, what is the spirit of Antichrist? That is not Satan himself. The spirit of Antichrist is a spirit that is against Christ. It's that simple. Now, we see here in verse 4, he said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Meaning the, them, the spirits of Antichrist. The spirits of Antichrist. Well, if Satan is one, then he can't be talking about Satan when he says Antichrist. Okay? So he's talking about spirits. He said, he said, uh, he said, you have overcome the evil spirits or the spirits against Christ, the anti-spirits, because greater is the spirit in you than the spirits that are in the world. See, because we're of God. See, see here James is saying, 
be controlled by your spirit. Let's, let's function by spirit. He's talking spirit. So when he says if you're born again or born of God, he's talking about your spiritual self. He's talking about the spirit of God. He's talking about that spirit of God. And so he said, he said, the spirit of God is love. And if you're born of the spirit, if you're born of God, then you're born of love. And so when Jesus said, go love, really what he was saying is go walk in the spirit. If if he's saying go walk in the spirit, then what he's really saying is go walk in love. Because the spirit is love. Because the spirit is love. Now, let's jump over to Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5. 5. Five, five, not six, five, five, five. Right, right. Romans 5, 5. Let us know when you get there. Glory to God. All right. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. He said, God is love. You're born of God. You're children of God. And then here in Romans, he says, the love of God is shed abroad. Look at what it says. The love of God, we could say it this way, God himself is shed abroad. In other words, it, inf- it, it infiltrates every region of your heart. It's shed abroad on the inside of your spirit. There's not one single part of your human spirit that is not filled and flooded with love. There's not a single part of your human spirit that is not filled and flooded with God. Because God and love are one and the same. Now let's go to Matthew. Now let's go to Matthew. Alrighty. Matthew chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 5, verse 11. Let us know when you get there. Amen. Glory to God. Getting there. Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Glory to God. He said, blessed, blessed. Blessed. You've been given the ability to increase. You're happy. You're fortunate. When? You're happy and you're fortunate. When? Men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. You're blessed. You're fortunate. You're happy when people lie about you. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. I think you need to have your head examined. Because last time I checked, I don't feel happy when people are lying about me. Last time, I, last time I checked, when people were reviling me, when people were being ugly to me, when people were rejecting me, when people were being rude to me, when people were telling stories on me, last time I checked, I was not happy. That's because you're uncar- that's because well, you're unspiritual. That's because you're carnal. That's, hold on, that's because you're fleshy. Because the spirit. Because remember, Jesus, everything Jesus does is spiritual. And you're looking at it from a I feel standpoint. It doesn't say 
you're going to feel blessed. No. Because you're not. No. It says you're going to be blessed. That's right. That's right. Which, what does that tell you? You've got to get your feelings under control. You've got to get your feelings under control. You've got to learn to say, Father, you told me when this happens, I'll be blessed. So, Father, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But here's the deal. Your blessing only comes as long as you don't sin. Watch this. Watch this. What is sin? Choosing to do wrong when you know to do right. We just saw Jesus said, love one another. If somebody is reviling you, if somebody's persecuting you, if somebody's lying about you, if somebody's mistreating you, and you get out of love, you just denied yourself a blessing. You have to stay in love. Because, that, because that, if that you, you get out of love, you've just sinned. Now, now you're not going to be happy about what just happened. Because it hurts. But you still need to love them. You, you still have to. You still have to. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, I see that they're coming against your children. And Father, I know you don't take that well. Father, forgive them. Father, don't vindicate me. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, you know, sometimes, and I have taught you that you do need to, that sometimes the best thing to do is just say, Father, vindicate me. And yes, there are situations where you need to say that. It, you know, when, when it's really coming again. But, but what's your motive? Are you saying, vindicate me, oh God, because they hurt my feelings and I'm just mad and I'm just angry. Sin. Sin. Father, you know I've asked you to forgive them. Father, you know I've asked you to have mercy on them. Father, you know I've asked you to have grace on them. Father, you know that I've been walking in love. But Lord... Your word says that you also vindicate me. And Lord, at this point, I really think that it's okay. I, I really, Lord, I don't want any harm to come to him. But Lord, I do need to be vindicated in this situation. Lord, I, I, I need your assistance in this, in this situation. See, that's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of love. See, this, this Christian walk is not easy. Because you can get in your emotions and say, oh, God, they're just, they're just rude and they're just wrong and they're liars. Bust their teeth, oh, God. I used to pray that way. And then the Lord said, okay. But then he said, now let me teach you about my love. I don't pray that way anymore. Now I pray, Father, have mercy on them. Father, have grace on them. You heard me at the beginning of service. Father, I don't want to say that. Father, I don't want to say that. Father, I don't want to go there. See, because once it's given voice, you're accountable. Once I voice it, once I speak it, you're accountable. You go before the Father. You, you go and do whatever you're going to do. You go and you betray. Unless at some point you repent heartfully. You go and you do that thing and you stay in that flow. When you stand before the Father, the Father's going to say, Did my servant not warn you? Yeah, Lord, your servant warned me. Case closed. Case closed. See, I didn't want to say that because I didn't want to put you in that position. But the Lord will only put up 
with dishonor, disrespect, and betrayal for so long. He'll only do it for so long. So, blessed are you when you are reviled, persecuted, and, and they say all manner of evil against you. When they lie about you for my sake. Because, now, it's one thing if they're lying about you because you're doing something wrong. But if they're lying about you because you're serving the Lord, that's a totally different thing. And he's telling you you're going to be blessed so that you don't give up hope. You don't get yeah. in doubt. You don't get in fear. And, and you have a, a reason to, to stand in that love that he's commanded you to stand in. It, it gives, you, gives you something to focus on. I'm going to be blessed. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they're going against. It's not me. It's the Father. They don't know that they're going against the Father. So, Lord, bless them. Lord, keep them. Lord, show them the error of their ways so that, they could, so that I can be vindicated and they can, 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 can know the error of their ways and correct it. You know, I know I'm going to be blessed. Bible says so. Therefore, I shouldn't get upset. I shouldn't lose hope. I shouldn't get all in, in, enraged. It's, not e- it's easier said than done, but, but that's what we're supposed to be trying to do. Now, notice verse 12. It said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Instead of getting in your emotions and getting angry and getting upset, instead of getting about it, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. And that takes practice. And rejoicing and being exceedingly glad is a choice. That's right. If you if if at that moment when you are when you've been beat down, when you've been persecuted, when you've been lied against, when when all banner of evil's been done against you, if you rejoice and be exceedingly glad, you can be guaranteed that you're going to get the blessing That's right. and that you will be vindicated. And honestly, what do you have to rejoice over? Father, I stayed in love. Father, I rejoice. I stayed in love. Father, I rejoice. I got control over my emotions. Father, I rejoice. I didn't let my thought life control me. Father, I rejoice because I prayed for them. Father, I rejoice. Now, look at this. I want you to notice this. Go ahead, honey. Now, what, what is, how's the Bible tell us where to defeat Satan? Mm-hmm. Yes, submit ourselves but, but, God. but the main thing is where to stand. Stand. Put on the armor of God. Put on God's love. Read his word. Pray. But in the end, you're to stand. When they're coming against you, you just stand. You stand and you, and you be that, that breaking point where they cannot pass. And you don't lose your witness. And you don't get, you don't, you just have faith that God's going to bring you through to the other side. No matter what, God's going to bring you through to the other side. Even if you were to lose your life, God's going to bring you through to the other side. And all he asks is for us to have faith in him and to not doubt him and to know that we will be vindicated and we will be blessed. Even if it's in the afterlife. Isn't that interesting? Pastor Mike says, even if it's in the afterlife, even if it's in our eternal when we get to the other side, we'll know that we did the right thing. Look at what Jesus said. 
Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward here on the earth. No. No. Gre- for great is your reward in heaven. Remember, we've been talking about when you go before the judgment seat of Christ. I refer to it frequently. You go before the judgment seat of Christ, and your reward is going to be piled up every time that you, when somebody comes against you, every single time that somebody comes against you and you remain in love, a reward is added to your pile. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that I have, and you may think, well, Lord, I'd rather have it now. I want you to think about this because the Lord just dropped it right on me just right then. You may think, well, Lord, I want it right now. Would it be better to have some type of physical reward here in this life, which you're going to end up leaving behind, or having a reward that's going to be with you for all of eternity? I'll take the eternal reward. I'll take the eternal reward. I'll wait to get my reward. It's going to be okay. Now, does that mean that God's not going to take care of you here on the earth? Oh, no. There's lots of scriptures that promise that he's going to take care of us here on the earth. Oh, no. He said, if you're a child of God, he said, if you're my child, I'm going to take care of you and give you provision even when your enemy is, is, is just on the run. He said, I'm going to take care of you no matter what here now. But he's also going to take care of us in our eternity he said, if you walk on my, he said, you walk in my love here, my love will take care of you there. The reward. Sometimes, and I'm not being, let's just be honest. Sometimes the, sometimes the only reason we do the right thing is because of the reward in the moment. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. I had people ask me, I I, I had a work situation where somebody was coming against me, coming against me, coming against me, and I was working on my love walk. I was working, I was working. I mean, because this was back in the day where I was like, Lord, just bust their teeth and dig out their graves and break their bones and everything else. And the Lord said, pray for them. Quit getting upset with them. Quit getting in anger with them. He said, said, just walk in my love toward them. So I just, he said, get your flesh under control. So they come be rude to me, mean to me, or whatever. And, you know, I just, yes, ma'am. All right, I'll take care of that. Uh-huh. I'll do that. Working my tail end. Doing my job and her job. Working my tail end off. And people come to me and go, do you know how she treats you? Do you know you're doing her job? Do you know she talks about you? Do you know she rats you out to the management? She's trying to get you fired? Why do you treat her that way? I said, because I love Jesus, and Jesus told me to do good to them that bless, to do the, to good to them that curse me, and do all manner of evil against me. I said, that's her choice. She's accountable to Jesus for what she does. I'm accountable for, to Jesus for what I do. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! I thank you, Father, that I'm blessed. Father, I count it as joy that I'm persecuted for your sake. Father, I remain happy because me me staying happy means I'm blessed. Father, I thank you that I'm happy and I'm fortunate and, and, that, you, and that you take care of me. They, I mean, that's what they asked me. They said, why do you do this? And I just said, because the Lord tells me to. Because the Lord tells me to. Now, I want you to jump over to verse 44. This is where we ended last week. And, oh, my gosh, it uphinged us. Uh, we got done. We, we, let, we dismissed the service, and I said, oh, Lord, we got to spend time here. Oh, Lord, we got to spend time here. Because uh, even pastor said, man, I struggle with this. Come on. Come on. 
uh, chapter 5, verse 44. Right. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Notice what he said. He said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Did he say run away from your enemies? No. Now, there's times that, I mean, if somebody's abusing you, you need to get away from them. But they're just talking bad about you. Don't, don't run away. Just love them. Be good to them. Be good to them. Somebody's stealing your stuff, buy something for them. You want me to do what? Yeah. You put your lunch in the work, in, in the work refrigerator. And every week, old Mac over there eats your lunch. And you know he's going to eat your lunch. Just bring two lunches. And just say to Mac, hey, Mac, I put a lunch in the refrigerator for you. You're welcome to it. What would you do that for? Well, I happen to know that you like that, so that's what I brought, you know. Well, I brought you lasagna, and I happen to know that you like our lasagna. So I just brought you some lasagna. I hope you enjoy it. Well, what if he eats his lasagna and mine too? Well, then next time bring him too. Next time bring him too. I brought you extra. I brought you a lasagna for now, and I brought you a lasagna for later. You want me to do what? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus said so. He said, love your enemies. Why? Because if you're not walking in love, you're not walking with God. If you're not walking in love, you're not walking in the Spirit. It's easy to love those that love you. It's hard to love. The world can love those that love them. The world is, I mean, I run into people all the time. They'll say, man, they'll give you the shirt right off their back, but you better not cross them. That's human natural love. That's human natural love. Human natural love. No. More than likely if you cross, and I'm not giving somebody permission to cross me, but more than likely, if you do some evil to me, more than likely, I'm going to do good to you. Why? Because I'm commanded to. Jesus didn't say, this is a commandment, but how much you know Jesus told us to do it, therefore it's a commandment. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Now, you might, they, they might be cursing you and you might hold your tongue, but then you walk away. You sorry. How much you know you're ble- you're, you're you're cursing them. Yep. I can't believe you. I heard a pastor say it this way, and I never thought about it this way. I thought, well, that's interesting. He said, "Your love works." How much you know? God knows your thoughts. He knows your thoughts. You may not say anything evil, but you may be thinking simply. You may not say it simply because you've learned to close your mouth. But if you're saying it in your mind, the Lord knows it. I don't want to sit next to that person in church. I don't like them a bit. They're selfish and they're greedy and they're just a miserable life. They're just a miserable human being. That's not love. That's not love. You need a purpose in your heart to find something about that person that you're listening to. This pastor, he was talking, he said, he said, I, he said, I, he said I work on this. He said, somebody will be talking to me that I don't particularly really care for. They're kind of just, they've got a lot of drama in their life, and I'm not a fan of them. 
He said, and, and the Lord, and the Lord will hear me grumbling. You know, the Lord's heard me grumbling many times about him. And the Lord said, is that love? He said, so I've purposed in my heart while I'm listening to them and they're talking all kinds of stupid out of their mouth. That's the way he said it. He said, I'm trying to find something that I can say good about them. He said, I stand there for 30 minutes and can't find anything. And then I'll finally look down and say, oh, he's got nice shoes. He said, then I just focus on the shoes. Just, he's got nice shoes. He's got nice shoes. There was a, there was a man in one town that was just mean. Mean, mean, mean. Just surly, just mean. Nobody in the town had anything good to say about the man. Nothing. You know, Kenneth E. Hagin, he's known for his love walk. Kenneth E. Hagin never said anything about anybody. He wouldn't even listen to people complain about other people. People start complaining, and he just keep his mouth shut. And he, I mean, he's standing there staring at you, but he's not actually listening to you. If you're just negative, negative, he's not even listening to you. And then he just goes on about his day. Um, but they came to him, and they said, you know, Brother Hagin, you know, so-and-so, and, this, and died. What do you think about that man? And Dad Hagin said this. He said, I thought. He said, and I thought. And I thought. And I thought, he said, I ain't going to lie. I thought for a while. It took me a while. He said, it took me, it took me a while. He said, because I thought, well, no, that doesn't work. Well, no, that don't work. Well, no, that don't work. Well, and finally, I think he said after about five to ten minutes, it took him a while. He said, he finally said, he sure did have pretty teeth. He sure did have pretty teeth. Why? Because he's walking in love. Bless them that curse you. How much you know? He blessed them. Well, he sure did have he sure did have pretty teeth. Sure did have pretty teeth. Do good to them that hate you. How much you know? That's a struggle. Do good to them that hate you. Well, they just can't stand me. That girl I was talking to you about, I bought her lunch on more than one occasion. I did. If I knew that she had a, if I knew she had a project and I had time to do something to help her get her project done on time, I would purposely go and do that part for her, or I would purposely go over there and help her to get so she could get done and go home on time and I'd stay late because she hated me. I purposely went out of my way to do good. And pray for them which despitefully use you. People will use you because they think it's their privilege. Well, I deserve it. Well, I just, I, I, I just, I just want it. I just desire it. So I'm going to say and I'm going to do what I have to do to get that from them. That's despitefully using people. You're, you're using them to spite them. You're using them because you care about yourself more than you care about them. You're doing it because, he said, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm going to tell you right now, Pastor Mike and I do a lot of this. We're not perfect at it. We've got areas we've got to grow, and the Lord showed us that we've got areas that we've got to grow in this. And, and we've let some things slip. But people have said to me, man, you've got a bigger heart than I do. Man, you've got more grace than I do. No, honey, you've got the same grace and the same mercy and the same love that I have. The difference between you and me is I've exercised the love of God in me, and you haven't. Don't think just because we're good to you that we don't know what you're up to.
In fact, more than likely, the more good we are to you, the more we know just how much you're against us. What? Yeah. Yeah. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Hang on a second. Oh. So in verse 44, Jesus is talking to us, and he says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Then he goes on to say, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Yeah. Now sometimes, as you all know, it's just as important as what is said as what is unsaid. That's right. Because you could just as easily follow this up. It says, that ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven, rather than children of your Father which is on the earth. Right. And everybody knows you're going to be a child of one or the other. Yep, you're either going to be a child of God or a child of Satan. It's going to be one or the other. There is no in-between. So there is no middle ground. You get the choice here. And he's telling you, he says, for he, that make, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust, which means he's no respecter of persons. And if he's no respecter of persons, we shouldn't be either. And let me tell you this. If you're being blessed by God, don't think that God doesn't know your behavior. Notice he said he causes the sun to rise on the good and the evil. I'm telling you, he told us, go back to verse 44. He told us, he said, love your enemies. What do you think the Father God does? He loves you. <laughs> you can be an enemy of God and God will still love you. Well, he did when he sent his son to die for us. He will pour we blessings. He will pour blessings upon you instead of cursing you. And he not only will, and one of the ways he blesses you is he protects you from the curse, even though you don't qualify. He'll protect you for as long and as far as he can. But at some point, he'll go from blessing to vindicating if you don't get it right. Uh, he, he will do good to them that hates him. Have you ever seen sinners that just somehow everything works out for them? It's because God is showing him his loving mercy and loving kindness. You look at, you look at Christians that aren't walking the Christian walk and you go, how come, how come God does everything for them? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And where are you, God? Meanwhile... Sally Sue is over there making a mockery of you, Father, and you're blessing her like there's no tomorrow. God will point you to this scripture. I do good to them that hate me. I pray for them that despitefully use me. I move upon your spirit to pray. One of the things that you pray for when you pray in tongues is you're helping me to pray for her. Because I know what she's doing. Why? Because God is love. Jesus, you have to understand, the Father God doesn't ask us to do anything that he himself does not do. He himself loves us this way. So don't think, well, man, everything's going good for me. I must be perfectly right with God. You better check yourself. God may be okay. Well, I've got this area over here where I'm not quite in love, but, but the curse isn't operating in my life right now, so, so I, it must not be a big deal that I'm doing this. No, honey. It's a big deal that you're doing that. God's just giving you space to repent before he removes your hand. You better get it fixed. You better get it right. Right. You ready to go on? Yes, Romans chapter, <laughs> Romans chapter 12. 
you know, one of our verses for this church, one of our mandate verses is Romans 12:11. But honestly, truthfully be told, uh, the entire chapter of Romans covers our mandate for this church. Amen. But uh, I want to pick up. I want to pick up here for the sake of time in verse 17. All right. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. He said, he said, somebody does evil to you, don't, don't fix it with more evil. He said, somebody does something evil with you, we just saw. Somebody does something evil to you, do something good to them. Two wrongs don't make a right. That's right. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. He said, everywhere you go, be honest. Church, everywhere you go, be honest. Don't hide. Don't sneak. If you're hiding and sneaking, you're in sin. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Look at that. He said, as much as possible. He said, listen, if you don't have to stir up a hornet's nest, leave it alone. He said, if you know there's a, you know there's a hornet's nest right there, just, just stay away from it. If you can just stay away from the hot mess, stay away from the hot mess. Don't get involved. Listen to me, church. Somebody brings you a hot mess and it doesn't involve you. Just if you can't get away, you can't shut the thing down. Uh, there's been times I've looked at people and said, stop, I don't want to know. Stop talking. I don't want to know. Go take this to somebody else. You have permission to do that. That's in God. I'm trying to live peaceably. If you just have somebody, you can't get a word in edgewise, just shut your ears. till they stop talking. till they stop talking, just close your ears. Then when they get done, well, have a nice day and move on. Now, Come on. He's telling them there if it be possible. If it's because possible. sometimes you've got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. For yourself. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. If, if, if a bunch of robbers break into your house, are you just going to let the, lay there and let them take it when you, when you have the means to stop them? No, you're not. You're no. going to stop them. But then it goes on and says, <clears throat> Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather, get, but rather give place unto wrath. Now that sounds a little crazy. Avenge not. First he says, don't avenge yourself, and then he says, give place to wrath. He's not talking about your wrath. He's talking about the wrath of God. He said, don't avenge yourself, but instead make room, make way for the wrath of God to come in. What does that mean? Walk in love. So, so in this, in this particular in instance where people are breaking into your house, you stop them, but you don't get all in vengeance and wrath, you leave that to the Lord. How much do you know what the best way to stop a robber from coming into your house is proactive? Put locks on the door. Use some godly wisdom. Don't just, don't just invite any old person over to your house. Wait to get to know some people. Use some self-preservation skills. Come on. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Notice he said, he said, give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So he's not, when he says give place for vengeance or give place for wrath, he's not talking about human wrath. He's talking about the wrath of God because God doesn't take it well when uh, people um, abuse the children of God. Now, this is a true story. This is actually a true story. Some people think that it's become some fallacy or something, but it's not. There was a woman that, uh, that uh, she, she got in her car. It was an elderly woman. She got in her car, and a man got in the car, put a gun to her, said, give me all your stuff and get out of the car. And she looked at him and said, I will not. 
And he was like, what, what, what? She said, in the name of Jesus, I will not. She said, I've worked hard for this stuff. And in Jesus' name, you will not take it from me. And he said, and he got real belligerent with her. And he, and she said, now you can only do this if the spirit comes on you. This was a woman of prayer. She had, she knew God. And she said, my God is my protector. And she said, and I'm going to tell you right now, you can shoot me and kill me. And honestly, you'll do me a favor because then I get to go be with my Lord. She said, but I know you don't want to do this. She said, you're doing this because you think nobody cares about you and you think nobody loves you and you think that you're a throwaway, but that's not my Jesus. My Jesus loves you. My Jesus knows every hair on your head. My Jesus formed you in his mother's womb, in your mother's womb. My Jesus has been with you all the days of your life. My Jesus loves you and my Jesus wants you in heaven with him for all of eternity. And she sat there and began to speak to him about Jesus. For, I don't remember, it was a half an hour, 45 minutes, she sat there and talked to him. And and the man finally laid down the gun and received Jesus. Now, the cops did come. They did arrest him. He did pay the penalty, but he also made heaven. He also made heaven. What was she doing? She was opening the door for the wrath of God through love. He took the love. But what if he had gone the other way? What if he had gotten mad and shot her? Well, she would have gotten her reward. She would have gone to heaven. It would have been instant. I believe the Lord wouldn't have let her feel a thing. I believe her spirit would have left her body instantly. She wouldn't have, she wouldn't have felt or known a thing. Just poof, oh, wow, I'm in heaven now. And he would have suffered the wrath. But in that moment, see, what did she do? She reached out with a sop. And said, here's your opportunity. That's what this is talking about. Let's keep going. So it says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You cannot overcome Satan with the works of Satan. You can't. You can't overcome the works of the of the enemy with the works of the enemy. You can't get. Uh, you can't. You can't walk in hatred and overcome the hatred that has, somebody has towards you. You can't do it. You can't overcome bitterness with bitterness. You can't overcome unforgiveness with unforgiveness. You can't overcome betrayal with betrayal. You can't. The only way you can overcome somebody mistreating you is to treat them with love that's the only way that's the only way and we're going to see in our study that that if you don't walk in love you're going to it's going to hinder when, when you fail to walk in love it hinders your prosperity it hinders your health in fact we're going to address that tonight in healing school how love impacts your your health um it, it, it impacts your ability to be blessed instead of cursed. It, it impacts your ability um, to walk in God's realm when you fail to walk in love. So it's very, very critical um, that we walk in love. And you can say, you know, Pastor, how long are we going to be on love? You know, I, I really don't like it when you do long series because I feel like 
you know, there's other areas that I need you to talk to me. And if you're on, if you're on a series, I'm not going to get what I need. Everything in your life can be fixed with the love of God. Amen. So if you come in going, oh, pastor's going to be teaching on love and I've heard enough on love and I get it. We're supposed to love people. You're going to miss out on your victories. You've got to get, we, we don't understand love the way we, the way we should. We don't know love the way we should. We don't love the way we should. But I'm telling you what, the closer you get to God, the more you'll walk in love, the more you walk in love, the more prosperous you'll become, the more you'll walk in divine health, the more blessings will overtake you. You know, a lot of times we do, and we're fixing to do tithes and offerings, and by no means am I telling you not to give your tithes and offerings, because the church needs your tithes and your offerings to do the work that God's called us to do. And I'm not saying the church is having financial problems because we're not by any means. But I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to hinder that because there's a blessing there. But a lot of times we go, oh, I have tithers rights. Therefore, the blessings of God can't help but overtake me. No, God said, listen. He said, you have to listen to all of my word and you have to respond to all of my word. Faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Your faith will not, we'll see it next week, your faith will not work without love. The things that you hope, want, and desire will not work without love. If you don't get this, you're going, why isn't my faith working? More than likely, because your love walk needs work. More than likely. More than likely. So, you know, so the closer you, the the better you get in this walk with love, the higher your prosperity in every... And when I say prosperity, I am talking finances, but I'm not talking only finances. I'm talking about your relationships will improve. I'm talking about the favor that you have on the job will improve. I'm talking about, you know, uh, you, you being able to go in the store and find perfect deals and, and, and your stuff lasting longer and, and everything, just, just every area of your life relationships, friendships, your church, your men, every everything in your life will begin to increase as you perfect the love of God in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Well, glory to God, tithes and offerings. Derek, if you'll come. You're getting stronger every day. You're getting healthier every day. Your walk is improving every day. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Daily, daily, daily. We went to the, can I, can I share what we found out this week? We went to the doctor this week and praise the Lord, we found out there's nothing major. Nothing major. Now I say that and Derek's thinking, well, I think it feels kind of major. But the point is, is nothing is getting worse. Derek uh, had a situation with his knee when he was young. And so they did some, they, they put some pins in there to help his knees not get worse so he wasn't super bow-legged. We found out Dr. Brent Davis is the reason Derek's so short. <laughs> he said, we put, these, we put these, these staples in your knee to kind of stop the growth process. He said, it, 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 he goes, it makes you shorter, but it keeps you from having problems. And I looked at him and I said, so you're the reason. And he said, well, yeah. <laughs> so we found out that's the reason why. But because of the situation in his knee that causes his ankle to turn up 
And because that ankle turns up, it causes a lot of his foot problems. So he's going to go see a different doctor to see if they can get some help in the foot to put off eventually from the natural a knee surgery, a knee replacement. But Derek is uh, working on his faith. He's building his faith. And uh, we're believing that, in, you know, right now we're doing everything we can in the natural to put off a knee replacement. At the same time, he's going to work on building his faith that God will do a creative miracle in that knee. Um, so just just believe with him. He needs a creative miracle in that knee. Um, but honestly, uh, that was not a bad report considering how bad it could have been. How bad it could have been. So glory to God. He's on the mend. He's healing. He's growing. And he's shrinking every day. Every day he's shrinking. And uh, glory to God. We were looking, we were, we were laughing last night. I told him because he said, I told him, I said, I, I, you know, he's got his belt. And I, and, and I said, Derek, you know, we started going back to the pool. And I said, Derek, I said, son, I said, you know, I know we keep telling you to hold off on your clothes. I said, but you might have to get a pair of pants or something. And so we were talking last night. He said, pastors, he said, it might be TMI. He said, but if my pants go down... He said, there ain't going to be nothing between me and the dear Lord because uh, the undergarments are just as big. You know how much, you know, ain't no belt on those. <laughs> so he's getting small, small, small. And uh, so uh, we just bless him and we honor him and we thank him. We thank you for, Derek, we do thank you for your service, honey. We do. We, you know, we, uh, we are very blessed by you in Jesus' name. You want to take, bless the tithe and the offering? Yep. Oh, Lord, we thank you for this word that we've received. We, we thank you that, that you loved us when we were unlovable and that you teach us to love as you, as you have loved us. Lord, we, just, we thank you for that. We, we ask that you help it to, to grow, on, grow on the inside of us, to get deep down, to get in our spirit and to become a part of us, to become rhema word unto us, that, that we not lose it ever that we be able to stand against the devil and stand against the persecution and stand against everything that life throws at us because we have the faith that you are there with us. We have the faith in your authority that runs in us that we can stand and that nothing can stop us. Lord, we just thank you for this, Lord. We, we, know, we thank you for healing in our bodies. We thank you for, for your many blessings. And, Lord, we just want to give into your kingdom. We, we thank you for this opportunity to give into your kingdom. We thank you that, that, that we can give just a little bit of, of what, what you have given us the ability to earn so that we can be a part of your blessing, that we can be a part of your work here on this earth. We just want to be a part, and we give generously, and we give with a grateful heart, because we know that you gave so much more unto us first. And Lord, we just love you, and we thank you. Lord, you are an amazing God. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You cannot take this word. You cannot take our finances. You cannot take our health. You must flee in the name of Jesus because that name is above your name, and you must obey. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is ever working. In Jesus' mighty name. Just before we take up the offering... Uh, Brother Zach is not here this morning because he is sick. He called me this morning. It's part of why I got here late is because I was talking to him. Um, bless his heart. He does, he's not used to being sick. He doesn't get sick very often. 
And when he got on the phone with me, it sounded like he was in tears. He was so miserable. Um, he's got a sore throat and body kind of aching. He, he, I asked him if he fe- had a fever. He said he didn't. Um, but he made the choice. He said, I don't know if I could, should come to church or not. And we discussed it. And I told him, I said, you can come. Just keep your distance. But if you feel like you, it's better for you to stay at home, that's fine. And so that he did do that. I prayed with him. So I'll just let's all just pray for him in agreement. I, you know, I'm not praying again. Y'all are just getting in agreement with what we've already prayed. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Father, we thank you for our brother, Zach. Yes. Father, we've already spoken to you. Zach and I have already spoken to you this morning about his divine healing. Father, I've already laid hands on him through the Spirit. And so, Father, we as his body, we as the family of Christ, as his family of Christ, Father, we're just standing in agreement that your healing power has already begun to work in his body and that he recovers quickly in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, if there's any adjustments that Zach needs to make, Father God, we just ask that you lay it upon his heart that he makes those adjustments. And, Father, if there's any provision, anything that we need to do or can do, Father, show us that as well. Father, everything that I prayed over him Friday night, my heart is true towards him. I played the blood of Jesus. Father, I, I, I believe you. Father, I know that you saw this attack coming, and that's why you had me pray. And so, Father, I just thank you that the blood of Jesus is working and that he is the healed of the Lord. And, and we all stand in agreement in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Brother Derek, amen. you can serve the people. Thank you for your faithfulness, Derek. Glory to God. Well, we've got a prayer tonight at 5.30 for the sick. If you know somebody that's sick and needs prayer, just let us know. Um, We'll pray for them. And uh, we're praying for sickness and disease to be broken off of this community. That's one thing that we pray for every week is we pray for addiction to be broken every week. We pray for um, all types of sickness to be broken off of people. Uh, so we'll do that at 5.30. Then we'll have prayer and healing school from 6 to 7, 7.15 as you're sewing there. And we're going to talk about 